0: of drug war is glaringly obvious to judges, cops, wardens, prosecutors, and millions more now calling for decriminalization, legalization, the end of prohibition. Let us investigate the Century of Lies. Welcome to this edition of Century of Lies. I'm glad you could be with us. You know, with all the misery around the world, it's hard to notice that the United States is losing and losing very badly this war on drugs. With no debris of success in the past, and no uh, vision of success uh, coming forth on the horizon, it is pretty bleak for these drug warriors, though I'll admit they are fighting their battle of the bulge, throwing everything out, including the kitchen sink. On this edition, we're going to have four featured guests. Mike Gray, the noted author of Drug Crazy, the screenwriter, director, producer... We'll hear from Tom Loud, who'll give us a report on the recent Rainbow Gathering. We'll hear from the Reverend Tom Brown about their situation out in California, where they have, in fact, got an injunction against the DEA uh, so that they can grow their sacramental marijuana. And we'll hear a report from Drug Truth Network reporter, The Black Perspective, from Mr. Philip Jackson. First up, the Reverend Tom Brown.
1: Greetings in the name of the Most High, Jah, Rastafari, ever faithful, ever sure, Jah, Rastafari. Brethren, I and I are Reverend Tom Brown, First Church of the Magi, Fayetteville, Arkansas, presently on sabbatical with the Reverend Eddie Lepp. At Eddie's medicinal gardens, and multi-denominational ministry of cannabis and Rastafari, Upper Lake, California, in the federal court, and busting down the doors, cha Rastafari.
0: Well, Reverend Brown, uh, there are some big news breaking there on the west coast. Please uh, tell us what's going on.
1: Well, brethren, for those that know. Reverend Eddie Lett was arrested in August of 2004 with 32,500 marijuana plants in full bloom. The other 100 people on the property who were tending the gardens were released without charge. The Reverend Eddie Lett then grew another 6,500 plants in February of 2005 for which he was arrested for a total of 39,000 marijuana plants, the largest marijuana accusation ever leveled by the federal government on live plants. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act and the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act are federal statutes that protect our religious exercise. These federal statutes protect our religious exercise by requiring the government agent who attempts to interfere with our church activity, that government agent must be able to prove in the court of law that if he had not acted to stop our prayer, somebody outside the church would die. If nobody outside the church would die, then the government agent cannot come in to the church. Federal Judge Vaughn Walker, yesterday afternoon at 4 o'clock, ordered the federal DEA to prove that growing 32,500 marijuana plants on 30 acres of ground would somehow kill somebody outside the church property. Since the Drug Enforcement Agency decided in 1988 that the lethal dosage of marijuana for an adult human being would be to consume 1,500 pounds, that's three-quarters of a ton of marijuana, within the time frame of 15 minutes. That's 100 pounds a minute, folks. That's what you have to consume to kill yourself with marijuana. And having killed yourself with marijuana, what danger do you pose to the public? Well, none. So even if you did kill yourself with marijuana in your religious exercise, the government couldn't prove that having killed yourself, you're going to kill anybody else. Therefore, they still can't come into the church and take away our plants. And that's the fact. And they've got six days to prove it. And God bless us. God blesses Bob Marley, and Peter Tosh did not die in vain.
0: We are speaking with Reverend Tom Brown. Tom, the uh, the fact is they never have proven it. They never will prove it. Uh, I wish you God's blessing, Godspeed, speed, and uh, that we all uh, benefit from that ruling. Well, if, if folks want to learn more about this, is there anything up on the web where they could learn more?
1: eddiesmedicinalgardens.com eddiesmedicinalgardens.com. We will shortly have all... Now, we, let me explain. All the ch- What's happened is that a new church has been incorporated here. Because Eddie's under federal indictment, he cannot be a member or participate in the church activities. What the church is doing is wholly separate from Eddie and Eddie's case from uh, 2004 and 2005. We have gone forward as a church to plant and to file for an injunction in the federal court. And that request for injunction has been ruled on that the federal government has to respond within six days, usually they get 60 days. But this time the judge says, obviously, in an emergency like this, with no threat to public health and safety posed by the church, the government is going to have to be able to prove within six days. And we're going to find that out, and then those in the community who wish to join our church or set up their own will be able to go to the website. Join the church or download the documents, file for your own incorporation at the uh, State Secretary of State's Office and join us as a uh, fellow church in uh, United Cannabis Ministries, for instance, which is an international organization that is now seeking recognition from the UN as a non-government organization to represent our interests. Does that answer your question, sir?
0: It does indeed. And as you uh, may recall, I am the uh, reverend of the Church of Evident Truth. It sounds like the path that we might want to proceed as well. Once Definitely. again, please, that website.
1: Eddie's, E-D-D-Y-S, Medicinal,
0: M-E-D-I-C-I-N-A-L,
1: Gardens, G-A-R-D-E-N-S.com.
0: You know, I don't care if you're an atheist or an agnostic, a Jew, a Muslim, a Christian, uh, whatever. Don't you think it's time to send out a prayer or a thought or a mantra or or an om or a reason to change this century of lies and to begin to look at the truth in regards to medical and sacramental cannabis and the recreational use of these quote bad drugs. Please think about it. Do something in this regard. Earlier this week, I got a chance to talk with Mike Gray. He's the author of the book, Drug Crazy, and I do recommend that you give it a read Mike's also the author of the screenplay, China Syndrome. I think you probably enjoyed that movie, Michael Douglas. And Jane Fonda, if I recall, producer and director on many of the Star Trek series. And I got a chance to talk to him about my uh, upcoming uh, video release for the Drug Truth Network and his work on the west coast where he's fighting for the rights of medical marijuana patients and uh, basically to end drug prohibition. This is Mike Gray. I'm uh, chairman of Common
2: Sense for Drug Policy. Also, I wrote the book Drug Crazy.
0: Mike, uh, we've talked a couple of times in the past, and it seems like it just gets more bizarre as we go along. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed. Now, the uh, the Feds are at it again out there in uh, California, raiding clubs in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, give us a summary of what's going on out on the West Coast.
2: Well, I think, uh, uh, you know, the the Feds are uh, reeling from all of the blows that they've taken. I mean, we just had a resolution passed here in the city of West Hollywood, uh, and that reverberated all over the planet. I mean, I you know, I, I wound up on television because I was chairman of uh, the West Hollywood Civil Liberties Alliance, and we got the... Uh, uh, we got the, the uh, Hollywood City Council to uh, pass a resolution directing the Sheriff's Department not to prosecute people for marijuana possession. And basically it says officially it will be the lowest priority. You know, in other words, they, if there's a jaywalker there, they've got to arrest the jaywalker first. It was a remarkable affirmation of uh, the fact that uh, an official government body here in the state of California believes that the drug war uh, is a failure, and particularly the war on marijuana. So West Hollywood joins Seattle and uh, Oakland and, uh, I believe, Denver, and there are a number of other cities there. Uh, We have here in California, for example, Santa Monica is now. uh, They have a a similar measure that had just been qualified for the November ballot. And the uh, surveys that we do uh, show that public support for these moves is overwhelming.
0: Mike, there's also been a lot of uh, hoopla about rats uh, taking marijuana and then going on to heroin. (laughs) There's just so much re-flaunting of the same tired old reefer madness. How does it survive?
2: uh, Well, that's all they've got. In other words, they they can't claim uh, any new science uh, of any consequence because uh, all of the new science flies in the face of everything they've been saying all along. And we have some new interesting data here in the state of California. In fact, Dean, uh, that uh, I've been following quite closely, <clears throat> uh, and that is uh, for the first time in, in the history of the drug war, uh, we now are, are accumulating a huge amount of, uh, of statistical data on actual marijuana smokers. These are not hypothetical ones. In other words, the way the government collects data is they knock on your door and say, "Hi, we're from the government. What drugs are you using?" And you say, "Well, uh, you know, uh, why do you want (laughs) to know?" In any event, they, uh, you know, those surveys, which are uh, conducted by the University of Michigan uh, on behalf of the Feds, uh, are are subject to all kinds of uh, distortion because some people just simply don't want to tell. Uh, uh, uh representatives of the government what their drug use is and that's not surprising <laughs> but here in california we've got a unique situation proposition 215 uh essentially legalized marijuana for uh sick people and uh the medical marijuana initiative has been in uh in operation here since 1996 and it has been a booming success uh we have uh, over 100,000 patients, I think, here on the West Coast, also in the state of Washington and Oregon, who are able to get marijuana to ease uh, the pain of illness. But in California, that allowed uh, uh, doctors to accumulate actual information about applicants who came in and said, you know, Doc, I need uh, medical marijuana for this reason or that. Now, uh, Dr. Tom O'Connell up in the Bay Area started questioning these people because he noticed various patterns and he developed an extremely extensive questionnaire digging into their personal history their background when they started doing drugs how many drugs what kind of drugs they'd done beside marijuana etc and uh, his uh, his he now has get this 3500 entries in his database and uh, many of these are repeats. In other words, he, they had to be renewed annually, so a lot of these people came back. So he has longitudinal information. Nothing like this has ever existed before. The data are startling, startling. And it shows a clear implication that the use of marijuana early on actually prevents going on to harder drugs. Okay. So in other words, that's an actual scientific study with actual real people, not rats. And uh, and it tracks their behavior, lifetime behavior in many cases, because some of these people are, are in their 70s who applied for these applications and have been smoking since the 1960s. So this is real hard and fast data, and it's, uh, I would have to say, very encouraging. The other thing that I would uh, commend to uh, our listeners is... Uh, a high level of suspicion about anything the federal government had to say medically about this issue because they have systematically suppressed uh, medical information over the years Uh, let me give you one quick example in portugal researchers uh, i believe last year uh... in a study of uh... rats in the in laboratory determined that THC, the active ingredient in marijuana reduces and eliminates, in many cases, gliomas. Gliomas are brain cancer. Now think about that. THC eliminates brain cancer in lab rats. Now, if that isn't front-page news, I mean, if that wasn't, you know, if that if <laughs> that would seem to spark, uh, I mean, if I was a researcher, I'd want to get on that right away and find out what, what's going on here. Instead, it turns out that that information... Had been discovered in the United States in 1976 and completely suppressed by the federal government. Why would they want to do that? Because it sends the wrong message. I mean, these people, I, this, is, <laughs> this is all faith based science, Dean. You know, and I'm an engineer. I, I, was, I was trained as an aeronautical engineer. There is no such thing as faith-based engineering. You get, you get into to using mythology to di- design your buildings, and you're going to wind up with a collapsing building. Bridges fall down when people get into faith-based engineering. So uh, I'm interested in the numbers, the actual numbers. And uh, the federal government has managed to suppress the real numbers now for over 40 years.
0: Well, Mike, you know, this suppression of the truth. Yeah. Uh, it still goes on even in the halls of Congress. A few weeks ago they did the debate on the Hinchy Rohrbacher bill, yeah. and a few of those congressmen got up and, and just flat out lied, reached back into the hundred years of reefer madness, and threw it out again as justification for continuing this march on medical patients.
2: One thing you'll notice, Dean, is that these guys will never, ever publicly debate anybody who actually knows the fact. In other words, if, if I'm on the podium and we're suppo- there's supposed to be a, a federal representative there from the DEA or something like that, they will cancel. They just won't show up because they know that all of the facts are on our side, and in a public, any public forum, we will eat them alive. I mean, they, can't, they, they have no facts. All they've got, as you say, are innuendos and carryovers and slogans from the old days and reefer madness and stuff like that, completely debased scientifically. Uh, uh... for example the, this thing that they keep running out how much more uh, potent marijuana is today it's so much more dangerous than the stuff you smoked when you were a kid etcetera, etcetera. absolute nonsense i mean they had hashish back when we were in the sixties that was all over the place and hashish as everyone knows is much more potent than any marijuana
0: well uh, mike and i wish to heck they could uh, find those old golden tie sticks from the sixties <laughs> and seventies and bring them back <laughs> well i remember seeing those I was in the
2: advertising business at that time, and uh, those tie sticks started showing up, and that was, it was remarkable, you know. But what, what happened? Did people lose their minds and go insane over tie sticks? No, no. They just rolled joints and smoked less of it.
0: Well, and that's the point. They talk about marijuana is uh, so much more potent than tobacco. It's a, a threat. Uh, one marijuana cigarette equals uh, a pack of uh, tobacco, etc., etc. Well,
2: <laughs> actually... Dean, while we're on that subject, I want to bring up another fact. I attended Patients Out of Time conference up in Santa Barbara where a number of research scientists were presented evidence uh, uh, to us uh, about their their latest discoveries. And uh, one of the things that is now quite clear is that not only does marijuana not cause lung cancer, it may have a preventative effect. Now, get this, there was a study in Britain, and this just came out last month, where they studied uh, lifetime, you know, tobacco smokers and lifetime marijuana smokers. And they found among the marijuana smokers who had not smoked tobacco, there were no, emphasize, zero cases of lung cancer in this huge cohort where they should have had several dozens. Now, that tells you something really interesting there, but, uh, of course, the federal government is not interested in exploring that. Nonetheless, there is a clear indication, and and this showed up at the conference, the patients out of time, that marijuana may have a preventive effect on cancer.
0: Now, I, I don't know if you had a chance to see it. There was an article circulating over the past week or two uh, about the gathering of the former drug czars yes and, and how they proclaimed <laughs> victory now, your right. thoughts on that please
2: hallelujah well they, they uh, listen it's not hard for people uh, in washington to proclaim victory you know i mean like they're proclaiming victory in iraq right now but i sure wouldn't want to go there and neither would they you know well, uh, anytime one of these guys who's proclaiming victory in iraq wants to send his kid over there to check it out i'll take them a little more seriously they don't even they don't even want to pay for it let alone send their kids over there you know, they're they're so experienced at bamboozling the public. Basically, what, what they're up to in Washington now is fear management. If they can keep us frightened enough of, our, of the right kinds of things, we
0: won't notice while they're cleaning out our pockets. And that's yeah. basically what's going on here. Well, that's it, isn't it? Uh, well, and, and on the international scale, there was a recent pronouncement by, I believe the gentleman's name is Maria Costa, yeah, uh, head of the U.N., uh, Right. Control situation, right? And he said something to the effect that uh, marijuana is uh, every bit the threat of uh, heroin and uh, you yeah. know cocaine. Any yeah, your and your thoughts on?
2: And Mr. Costa is every bit the threat uh, uh, that uh, uh, Fox News is to, to reality. <laughs> 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 Mr. Costa has been saying stuff like this, totally unsubstantiated nonsense, for years. And the only reason that people take him seriously is because they want to believe what he's saying.
0: Well, now you mentioned earlier the, uh, you know, the the congressmen continue their uh, dissembling their 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 yeah. lies, mm-hmm. and uh, what can people do about it? I mean, can we must we put up with this garbage for how long? Uh, well, I think this is coming to a
2: head. I think uh, when when we did a survey here uh, in L.A. and in Santa Monica, uh, I mean, we're coming up with some fairly startling numbers. Not true. This is the West Coast, but on the other hand, there are a lot of conservative neighborhoods here. There are a lot of people. Uh, they're, they're, you know, we have our, our quite adequate share of Republicans and Libertarians and so forth. Of course, the Libertarians are totally behind us; they, they, they back this completely. So, uh, but the numbers really are staggering. I mean, we got eighty-five percent approval for uh, for uh, uh, taxation and legalization of marijuana in one survey here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess that's it. It's, it's been such a. Uh... A quandary, I, I don't even know how to say this, a, a confinement of thought. The people who know the truth about this have been unwilling to become demonized or, or looked at askance, you know, as if they, they want yeah. to give drugs to kids. But it's okay to talk about the solutions to uh, changing our ways, is it not?
2: Well, I, the thing is, Dean, we've got to... Uh, I mean, what you're doing is tremendously important. That's why I'm always happy to... Uh, Uh, spend time on the air with you because getting out the the actual information as we're trying to do at common sense for drug policy uh, and uh, incidentally uh, anybody who's interested in the actual details, the the real facts, should check our website for uh, drug war facts. This is constantly updated and it's a compilation of all sources uh, all, all uh, factual information about mar- the issue of, uh, of drugs in general, not just marijuana. And uh, most of this information comes from the United States government itself. So, in other words, we simply present numbers that they uh, themselves are using, and, uh, and this information is, is devastating to their own arguments. But uh, that's www.csdp.org, Common Sense Drug Policy the congress isn't going to do anything i mean they're paralyzed on this issue and and it's a it's a no-win situation for them uh, they all know that drugs should be uh, that marijuana should be taxed and regulated and that the drug war is causing uh, all the crime and violence well, not all the crime and violence but at least 50% of the crime and violence could be cut tomorrow by ending the drug war and uh they're well aware of that i talked to congressman and uh, other politicians all the time who say, yeah, 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 we know that. But they aren't going to step out in front. It, it, what's it going to do for them? They're going to be assaulted from, from the right side by uh, some lunatic who's going to come out and say they're soft on drugs and trying to poison our teenagers and stuff like that. So as a consequence, what it means is, Dean, I'm sorry to say this, but you're going to have to lead the way. Okay? <laughs> I don't want to put it all on your shoulders. I'm willing to lend a hand. But the truth is, uh, an informed public
0: is, uh, uh, is ultimately going to, to turn this thing around. Well, thank you for that, Mike. I, I consider that to be quite a compliment. Uh, the fact is, we're branching out here in the next month or three. We're going to start producing uh, video productions, put them out on the web, make them available on DVD and I'm proud to say that uh, I'm going to get a little feedback from you. Uh, folks, this man is uh, well-experienced in Hollywood. He's a producer, director, writer, uh, a man who uh, hopefully will give me the uh, acumen to produce a quality product for your uh, positioning on your local access channel. Yeah, your thoughts there, Mike. What what can we do to uh, extrapolate our efforts?
2: Well, I think uh, your your uh, efforts to uh, put the... the uh uh, show on television and make it available uh, through public access around the country is a, is a great idea. And all you have to do, Dean, I mean, it's nothing, nothing fancy required. All you have to do is just simply do what you're doing right now, only do it uh, w- with a, uh, a video camera at the same time. But basically all you have to do, Dean, is just keep doing what you're doing.
0: Whoa! Well, I consider that to be quite a compliment and one hell of a challenge. Okay, next up we hear from Drug Truth Network reporter Phil Jackson.
3: And now for another black perspective on the drug war. Have you written that letter to your congressperson yet? The one demanding an end to the racist practice of sentencing crack users who are predominantly black more harshly than powder cocaine users who are predominantly white? If you haven't, it's probably because you still don't really get it. So I'm going to try to make it more real for you. Now reach into your pocket and take out a nickel. Under federal drug law, a piece of crack weighing as much as that nickel carries a mandatory five-year sentence. But it takes much more powder cocaine to earn the same penalty. How much more? Well, reach back into your pocket and take out two and a half rolls of nickels. Now, some of you may not have 100 nickels in your pocket right now, but right after the show, you can run down to your corner store and ask the cashier for change of a $5 bill in nickels. You'll see. there's quite a difference. Worse still, it's not like comparing nickels with nickels. If we were talking about meat, powdered cocaine would be filet mignon, and crack would be corn dogs. Sure, there's some meat in there somewhere, but when it's time for sentencing, it's weighed on the scales of justice, cornmeal, stick, and all. Do you get it now? Well, good. So go write that letter. For the Drug Truth Network. This is Phil Jacks.
0: You know, every year the Rainbow people gather on some federal lands and you'd think they were uh, arsonists or terrorists or who knows what. And uh, here to give a report on this year's activities is uh, Mr. Tom Loud. Of course, I'm Tom
4: the Folk Singer. I'm actually the secretary for Houston Normal. Well, of course, everybody knows the Rainbow Family of Living Light gets together every year uh for the Amer- North American National Gathering of uh, this year that was in northern Colorado uh just north of Steamboat Springs I think the Forest Service estimate this year was 15,000 people of course our ever uh friendly uh Forest Service and their law enforcement arm uh was there as well as the Colorado State Patrol uh the county sheriff uh the local police federal marshals and Homeland Security. Uh, Well, of course, there were over 800 citations issued. 600 of those uh, uh, were for illegal camping. Uh, But there was another 180 for drug offenses. And uh, I don't have a breakdown on that, but we do know that in past years this has been 95% uh, marijuana personal possession. The highlight of the festival is the focus, the morning of the fourth everyone rises silently and we remain in silent meditation as we go about our morning until noon as we gather in the field uh, there were some three thousand people in the center meadow and another five to seven surrounding the bowl on the upper trails by the time noon struck and we all held hands and it was an amazing sight to see all these thousands of people lining the upper bowl around the meadow all holding hands in one continuous chain as we struck that big and fearful ohm in our hearts, praying for peace. And at that point, the children's parade reached the center. We all started whipping it up and played drums and fifes and celebrated life and freedom. And again, that's what America's all about, ain't it?
0: So as we wrap up today, I urge you to say a prayer, write a letter, do something to end this madness. We have been duped. Prohibido is Doc Ivalesco. For the Drug Truth Network, this is Dean Becker, asking you to examine our policy of drug prohibition, the century of lies. The show produced at the Pacifica
3: Studios of KPFT, Houston.